Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here on episode 56. Cannot believe it. We're so happy to be here. And today we will be talking about uh, families and different uh, family cultures around the world. Maybe even get into some uh, interesting topics like uh, expat relationships and where expats uh, seem to be the happiest as well as touching on the uh, somewhat scandalous subject of polygamy. So it should be an exciting episode today. I'm looking forward to it. And of course, I got to bring in my expert on all things spreading the love, my buddy Jared. What's going on, Jared? Hello, hello. I thought you were about to say expert on all things polygamy. (laughs) I I thought about it. I thought about it. I was like, hey, hey, save that for the main topic. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I just like to uh, spread a little love. What can I say? <laughs> and right. another great place to spread a little love is on Twitter, uh, Untranslatable1, the number one. That's where I post episodes. I post songs of the pod. I post funny oh, I mean, I'm, I'm usually the only one I'd laughing. Say, I'd but... say they're funny. <laughs> They make me laugh as well. Hopefully they make other people laugh. I had to hesitate myself. I was like, ah, I'm not trying. I don't want to overpromise these people. <laughs> I post comments about things sometimes. Um, and videos, too. I've, I've, I've been pretty proud of some of our recent videos. They've been some good ones. They've been if great. you don't like Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Untranslatable podcast. Um, all the same things with, without my stupid comments. Or you can email us. <laughs> email us at the untranslatable podcast at gmail. I always do this. Email us at untranslatable podcast at gmail.com. No the. And uh, tell us your untranslatables, which are idioms, proverbs, sayings, expressions common in your family and your culture. And uh, and tell us why and tell us what they are in English. And we like ones that tend to make no sense in English and we try to figure them out. Um and I, if you give them to send us to uh, send us some of those, I'll actually quiz Chad because he never checks the emails. So <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. Or I guess you could spread also a little love and uh, rate and review us. That'll be nice too. Five stars, please, on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, so I'm back. You know, I mean, for the podcast listeners, I haven't gone anywhere. I'm back at work, <laughs> and dare I say, it's a relief. <laughs> feel good to be back in the routine i've never enjoyed so much structure in my life putting on a i never enjoyed ironing and putting on a shirt so much like uh, button down shirt so much <laughs> in my life <laughs> um it was it was weird it was oddly refreshing you know my last job i had um i hated it so like there was really at no point where i was excited to go to work but this job i don't really regret going and I um like I don't I like I enjoy going sometimes and I and I as you guys have noted, it was a pretty uh, gluttonous break that I lived so it's kind of nice to return to some structure. Um, although it is it was rough sometimes a couple of questions when they come up. How was your Christmas? Uh, did you go home to see your family? And I was like, no, I stayed here. Then there's this like this is pressing. Oh. <laughs> Awkward silence in between. Well, I had fun. I had like four pop tarts in two days. <laughs> yes, yes, that's awesome. Living, living the, living the dream Many right there. That's uh, awesome. But uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, that makes me happy though, Jared, that you're back at it, back in the routine. Yeah, um, yeah, it felt good. Was uh, wasn't today your your first day back? It was. Yes, it was. Uh, it was a little rough waking up at uh, at 7 in the morning. I feel mm-hmm. bad complaining because I know you get up so much earlier. It's only like, I mean, I get up at like 6.30, so. 
Oh, all right. It's not, I don't feel as bad now. No. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was and nice. Really, I, not... get out of, I get out of bed more at about 6.50, but my alarm goes off <laughs> right. at 6.30. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know why we do that to ourselves. I'm the same Dude. way. I will always set so many alarms. Okay, I well, should I'm just set one at the now. last time. Mm-hmm. My actual routine is just stupid at this point. So what I do is I set an alarm at 6.05, and that uh, wakes me up. But then I, that, I turn that off and immediately go back to sleep. And I have another alarm set for 6.30. That one is my final alarm, and sometimes I might go back to sleep after that. Sometimes I'll just sit in bed and, like, scroll through my phone. But for some reason, I always end up, whether I go back, fall back asleep. But I, when I fall back asleep that second time, I still have, like, I'm still conscious enough to know, like, hey, listen, you got to, like, you got, like, a couple minutes to where you can do this and you got to go. Um, but I, I always find myself pushing the limits a little bit. Okay. And it's easier to do that, too, when I'm at a job like mine, which is not like yours, where um, I don't have, like, a set start time. Oh, that is nice. I didn't realize you didn't have a set start time. I mean, time. they expect us to be in, like, around a certain time. Um, like, usually they expect us anywhere between, like, 7.30 and 8, which is where I tend to get in. Most people get in after that, actually. And no one cares. So, but, um, you know, but I think once it starts turning to, like, 8.30, 9, they'd be like, oh, where's Jared? <laughs> right. I got to tell you, man, you know how... You know, as as we mentioned on our last episode, the uh, zwischen den Jahren, it, I really like lost the concept of what what oh, day it sorry. was. You're looking at I choke. <laughs> you, you are you're right there, buddy. <laughs> sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, but I was gonna have to. Call. Uh, sorry, I'm listening. You're good. Now. I just you're good. Tea went down the so, wrong pipe. So so uh, um, I actually taught that phrase to one of my Czech friends the other day down the oh, wrong pipe. Yeah, that's a little early. It's a useful, right? Very useful uh, phrase right there. Yeah. But um, but anyways, you know how the concept <laughs> of what day it is during how you know winter break or holiday break oh, yeah. is a big problem. Well, I I was actually going to stay in Prague one more night with my parents and leave for Komutov super early in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. But because I'm an idiot and I thought they were, uh, I thought the day I was coming back was a Wednesday. And it turns out it was a Thursday. Thankfully, my parents convinced me to actually come back. Wednesday night on the bus, which I'll tell you about that in a minute, because that was an experience coming back on the last bus to Homutov. But before I get to that, like a book, (laughs) it it, it was interesting. (laughs) But um, I realized this morning when I went to school, I was like, if I would have waited and caught the train, I would have literally been 15, 20 minutes late for my first class. And classes here in the Czech Republic only last 45 minutes. So your, your goal was to make it there in time that morning? No. See, what I thought... Because I thought I was going back on a Wednesday and not a Thursday, I wouldn't have had to teach until 8.50. The train I was going to take would have gotten me in at 7.45. But Thursdays, I teach at 8 a.m. Oh, yeah. So it's it's like, I don't know if it was karma or the universe looking out for me or just my parents being worried (laughs) that I would have been late. I'm not Uh, judging. I'm on your parents' side. Either of those seem like you're cutting it way too close. (laughs) Right. Even if it was the 8.50 class, that still seems pretty close. Right. Well, I mean, it's only a it's only a ten minute walk to the train station That's from true. my apartment, and then a ten minute walk to school. That's so true. So I could have I could have made it on time, but if there would have been any delays, right? And it has been snowing here quite a bit. That's very unlikely. Um, yeah, yeah. Usually, I'm like, you know me, you've traveled with me. I like to yeah. be places super early. You but miss anyways, your mom and dad, <laughs> right? Um, it was actually funny, dude. When we were in Vienna, we we wanted to get to the train station early, and. Uh, our cab driver, we we know him because he's we've stayed at this apartment and they have the same taxi driver, so he kind of knows us and we know him. Super friendly dude, and he was. T- I I'm pretty sure he's from. I don't know if he's from Russia or Ukraine, but he's from some 
former Soviet country. And yeah. he was laughing because we told him what time our train was leaving. And he was like, oh, you're getting there too early. He's like, and then he made some comment about how, oh, you're you're like a Soviet um, like a Soviet soldier just getting somewhere super early just to get there to say you're there and then just wait or something, which I thought was, was really funny. But uh, but anyways, back to the bus. So I, I went on the bus at 9 o'clock, got to Homutov at 11.10. First of all, it was raining and sleeting during the day on Wednesday. And I thought, how is this bus going to even be able to make it there? Mm-hmm. Um, but the crazy thing about it, dude, is... I was one of the last people on the bus to Homutov, and it feels really weird being on a, the last bus to your town, and like one of like maybe four or five people left on the bus, and walking um, through and looking at everyone. Right. It was it was just really weird. And I what had was never, the clientele like for the last bus to Homutov? I was last probably bus the, to Homutov. I was <laughs> I was probably the youngest person there. <laughs> okay. Uh, by at least five to ten years. How many I would times guess. were you offered illicit drugs? I'm kidding. <laughs> that sounds like some. Thankfully, no times. I but. think I've just lived in cities like Philadelphia and Detroit, and this for too long. Uh, I've never lived in Detroit, but um. So, um, how was like? What were you uneasy on the actual ride because the weather was so inclement? Yeah, a, a little bit. And the thing I was wondering is if there would have, as you know me, I tend to worry, and I was clearly like, well, not what? about being late for work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that, but um. I mean, I guess the the thing I was worried about is, you know, if something were to happen, I don't even know what they would have done, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what the protocol is. Like, they probably just send another bus or something, or send a tow truck. Yeah, but probably the closest bus would be Prague, and that'd be at least, depending on where you are, it could be anywhere from an hour, hour and a half. But well, first it was of all, an I'm interesting sure they have a protocol, and two, let's hope that doesn't it doesn't come to right. that, right? It didn't right. come to oh, that. Oh, exactly, exactly. But yeah, but it was nice, man. And the whole reason why um, I came up with the idea of family relationships today for our episode was, well, one, because uh, I was very happy to spend time with my family, but Mm -hmm. I also noticed some interesting things while we were traveling. And the thing that I noticed, uh, and I'll talk about it a little bit more as we get into the actual topic, but just how rude some people are to elderly people here. And it's not only the Czech Republic, I think it's just big city living in general. Hmm. People are just kind of like, I'm in a hurry. You're in my way. Get the hell out of my way. Um, yeah, I think. But, I think. Well, that's definitely something I learned. Like when we start talking about this topic, this topic is really more about like ageism. <laughs> every, <laughs> every time I type them, like anything about the elderly, there, there's like I, there's it's all about like ageism and stuff. And and you know, I, I I guess because I'm an ageist, I never really thought about that. But. um and even that, everyone being rude, I never even thought about that until you just said that. But, like, um, I guess it kind of makes sense. I w- don't think I'm one of those people, but I could definitely understand someone's impulse to to just kind of, um, just kind of, like, disregard them because you think they're either so- somehow out of it or somehow unaware, somehow right. slowing things down. Right. Uh, so I-, I-, I get that. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't support it, but I get it. Right. Yeah, it's just a different culture when you're in a city. Uh, we didn't feel nearly as rushed while we were here in, in Komutov at all whatsoever. Well, there's um, less, less tourists gumming up the mucks, you know? Ex- exactly, 100%. And, and honestly, man, by the end of our trip, I love Vienna to death. But I just, we, we, were, we were on Kärtnerstrasse, which, as you know, 
is one of the main shopping streets in Vienna. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's tourist galore. And I just right. was getting sick of the crowds. <laughs> I was just, I, I don't know. I just, oh, yeah. to I me, mean, it's just too much sometimes. You around Stephansdom, so especially, too. Like, it could be so packed that you have to, like, elbow people out of the way. I mean, not literally elbow, but you have to kind of, like, push your way through. Right. And, yeah, yeah it's, it, it can get annoying, especially if you're looking for a relaxing vacation. Right. And especially if you're a Midwesterner, you don't want to be walking oh, by oh, everybody oh. saying, oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, did I tell you, um, uh, Laura mentioned that to me the other day, that Michigan people always do that. And I'm like, I'm, am I the only one that didn't know this? <laughs> no, it's true, though. I yeah. even told some of my students, and I, I shared a meme on my on my Facebook page about, like, one of the most Midwestern things to ever say is, like, Oh, I'm just going to sneak right past you and grab the ranch. I have literally heard that phrase at (laughs) least 20 times. Yeah, that's such a Midwestern condiment. (laughs) And put it out of my pizza or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. I don't do that, but uh, a lot of people people do that. A lot of people do. Is that a Michigan thing? I don't know if I I would I would think it would be probably safer to say it's a Midwestern thing. Okay, well yeah, yeah I don't yeah, think yeah. it's just Michigan. Yeah, I but guess it's definitely a Michigan thing as well. Right, right. For yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess I never I never really thought about the Midwesterners' obsession with ranch until I've started sort of aged and you know experienced some other some other cultures like within America specifically. Some like because right. uh, and it's like oh. Not everyone. I mean, I don't put ranch in my pizza, but I'm like, oh, people do that. I guess it's just not my thing. Right. But it's people like, put no. ranch on almost everything in the Midwest. It seems ranch, like, I'm, I've, I've grown to become disgusted by ranch. Really? And Why is that? I'm almost kind of glad. I'm happy for it. I, I don't need it in my life. Good riddance. How? I don't know. It's just maybe it's just one. It's just the butt of so many jokes. I think that has something to do with it. And it just really started getting me thinking about like how unhealthy it is. And that's number two. Is that I'm just way right. more aware of what I'm putting into my body. As I, granted, I mentioned eating four pop tarts earlier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm actually going to work, <laughs> I'm way more concerned about what I'm or aware of what I'm putting into my body, and just like I, I will not. Well, let me. I'll put it this way: there's probably no chance of me ever eating a salad with ranch on it ever. Because what's the point of even eating salad then? Right. <laughs> I, I had, <laughs> I had like, never is... thought about that before until a coworker of mine. I was having a salad with ranch, and he's like, he's like, he said the same, literally the same <laughs> thing. Like, what's what's the point? I'll just eat French fries at that point. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm gonna do it. Just gonna do it. Exactly. Actually, uh, you know, it's funny, buddy. Uh, so I I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to borrow a couple scales from uh, my mentor at school, so my parents could weigh their suitcases, and I thought, well. Since How I had the scale here, did you borrow? Uh, one of the like just regular ones you stand on, and a small one you can. Oh, put. oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you hang um, stuff from it. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing doing yeah. all these <laughs> gestures, and our listeners are like, "What's going on here?" But uh, yeah. So, anyways, I figured, you know what, the scales here. I'm gonna weigh myself and see how much I weigh. Okay. And so I can I can tell you. Well, here I think it's actually no. I think I do know what it is in pounds. Believe it or not, Jared, I think I was about. Oh man, I hate to say this, but I think when I left Michigan, I was about 195 to 198 pounds. Okay, heaviest I've ever been in my life. Okay, um, think grad school, bad eating, not exercising enough, all sorts of eating too much ranch on my salads, all sorts of stuff. Right, <laughs> thinking you're I've, eating healthy. I'm gonna eat right. a, more of these salads. <laughs> right, use half a bottle of ranch in the salad. Uh, but but yeah, and so. Uh, so I've, I've come here and I've been living in the Czech Republic for four months, right? 
don't have have cut ranch completely out of my diet, which is 100 percent true. <laughs> you say that like it like it's a heroin or something. <laughs> <laughs> to some Midwesterners, it might be That's true. It might be. But um, anyways, so I weighed myself, and I am down to uh, 84 kilos or 185 pounds. Oh. Parada. Great. And so, you've probably you've also been exercising more, haven't you? Did you mention yeah. that? Yeah, I've been going to the gym more often, usually at least twice to three times a week. I'm hoping to bump it up to four to five because I actually, a student of mine recommended a really good gym. Believe it or not, it's actually downstairs, like in the basement of a hotel um, because the gym at our school, it's it's nice in terms of it's it's free and it has weights, but there's no, there's really no squat rack and all the weights, the, the bars for, you know, barbells aren't standard Olympic size meaning they're really small, and I have no idea what anything weighs there besides the plates themselves. <laughs> so it's not great. It's just free. <laughs> right. So it's kind of a shot in the dark trying to figure out so how much weight I'm actually free. Lifting. That's it. <laughs> exactly. And it's not too far from my apartment. That so too, if I'm yeah. in, a, in, a, in a rush, I can go there. But yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, actually, in my English class today, we talked about New Year's resolutions, and I told my students... I'm hoping to up the gym, uh, the, the, the gym, like I said, you know, four or five times a week. Back in the day, you, you remember, I was going like six times a week. It was great. Mm-hmm. Have, so, you, have you heard of a guy named David Goggins? No, who's that? Uh, he's a, he's a um, frequent Joe, not frequent, he's been on Joe Rogan a couple of times. But uh, he's like, um, he used to be in the, he's just this guy that, well, he used to be in the Navy SEALs and the Army Rangers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have heard about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. And mm-hmm. his just whole his his just whole mantra is just getting after it and just like always putting himself in extreme un- uncomfortable situations. So he did, he was recently on Joe Rogan's podcast and he's done all these crazy challenges for himself. Um, he's now becoming a um, or he's now be, he's now a uh, he had to cut it short I think for his book tour or something. But he was a um, uh, wildfire firefighter for a bit. <laughs> Oh wow, that's crazy! And Joe asked him, "Why'd you do that?" And he's like, oh, "It's just because it was hard." And <laughs> he's like, "Don't even get paid a lot." Um, but um, what I, the only reason I brought him up was to say he'll get you going to the gym like twelve times a week, because like he makes the strongest, toughest person feel like a, a piece of shit. <laughs> right. I don't think uh, I'm at that level yet, but that will be my 2020 <laughs> New Year's resolution: go David uh, Goggins style in the gym. But yeah, we hold it for podcast in a year. Oh, for sure. Fucking but yeah, so, so it's pretty crazy, though, to think about that. And, like, I've noticed, too, you know, my goal here wasn't necessarily, I mean, it's been good to lose a little bit of weight, but, like, my main goal was just get get healthier. And obviously, mm-hmm. I guess losing weight is a part of it. But it feels good knowing that, like, my, my pants fit looser. Oh. Uh, you know, that's a plus for sure. My dress pants as well, which is really nice. Who knows, dude? Maybe I can squeeze into that old tux now. You never know. <laughs> oh, shit. Because my senior year, I weighed 185 when I did my senior recital. Uh, you're speaking my language with those pants, though. I, I, I um, Depending on the time of the year, my entire mood can be based on what belt loop. Uh, oh, for I, sure. For <laughs> I sure. use in the morning. Right. <laughs> and then sometimes like I'll be like kind of what I consider in the middle of both belt loops and force it to the to the farther one and be like, nah, can't do it. Uh, try right. too hard. Right. Cut it back. Cut it back. The worst is when you right? The, the worst <laughs> is when you start in the morning on that one belt loop. And then by the end of the day, <laughs> you got to switch belt loops. Oh, man, that's the worst. I haven't done that in a while. But I, that, that usually doesn't happen to me because I tend to not eat lunch at work. 
So okay. like I I um I guess you'd call it um uh whatever fasting uh in intermittent fasting I yeah. do the same thing. But I, I don't, don't like to call it that because or noon. Uh, I usually don't eat till dinner. Like I I don't. Oh wow. I just, yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Sometimes I have lunch. Like I had lunch today because I knew we'd do this podcast, so I wouldn't be able to eat right when I got home. But gotcha. um usually yeah usually I uh I I don't eat anything until uh until like five o'clock maybe. Um, oh wow, that's not. I don't even know what you would call that because intermittent fasting, I think, is from usually like it's like a twelve-hour, fourteen-hour fast, not not like yeah. Well, that's about 18. 14. That's like eighteen, isn't it? I well, mean, if you a, eat. I I don't eat. I usually will eat. Sometimes I eat more than once during that time, though. So, okay. like for example, what I was going to do yesterday, which I didn't end up doing because tiredness took over, but then I was fine, so I guess it worked. But I was go. I made right when I got home yesterday. I made salmon and broccoli, and I ate that a pretty big piece of salmon. And that was at like six o'clock that I ate. And then I played piano. And then I had sweet potatoes. And later I was going to make sweet potato fries while I was playing piano, mm-hmm. but I never got to it, and I didn't do it, and I was fine. And I, and stuff like I, I think I think I just think there's an over dependence on food, and once you get into that. Once that first bit of food gets into your mouth, I think it's just, at least for me, it's just on. Like I that's, see. Okay, that's fair. And so that's why I like to eat a big dinner and mm-hmm. then not eat anything else, unless it's like the weekend. Then People, you, people tend on the to weekend, do the opposite here in the Czech Republic. It's a big, big hearty lunch and then something really small for dinner. And that's actually yeah. what I did with my parents. And although now that I'm getting back into the swing of things, I usually don't eat until... I mean, depending on the day and when I'm teaching, it could be anywhere from noon to a couple days. Like once in a while, it's even two or two thirty. I think that's good. I think that whole um, concept of the breakfast is the most important meal of the day is kind of going out with the uh, I agree. food pyramid. I agree. <laughs> right. For sure. Well, I think too. Like unless you're, I think the only time where I really try to eat a lot and like spread it out is if I'm going to the gym a lot. If I'm going right. to the gym a lot and I have a heavy workout, your body's or, demanding it. Exactly. Whereas, you know, I've been a little lazy the last couple of days, haven't really hit the gym, so mm-hmm. don't need to pick out on food, you know? Right, right. Um, but yeah. I'm with you. That's that's how I feel too. Like I, I, I eat more when I'm in the summer, probably when I'm mountain biking every weekend and stuff like that, then obviously oh, I'll sure. have a pretty hearty breakfast. Yeah. You're, you're, like you said, your body knows. It's really amazing. Dude, so um, speaking of this weekend, I, I wanted to mention this. So... Um, I'm going to a Red Velvet Hall concert, and I'm going to come back to you with a review. Oh, it, nice. It is going to be a trio involving a pianist, viola, and a cello. Oh, cool. And um, I don't have much information on them, but um, I'm excited to go back. Red Velvet Hall is this, uh, con- is this like essentially a chamber concert, which is uh, small, um, small orchestral pieces of, mm-hmm. a, of a few instruments put on in this guy's house and he doesn't live in a mansion or anything i mean he has a nice house but it's not like you wouldn't like you wouldn't walk in and be like man this person must be really balling you'd be like this is a nice right. house this person's doing well with their life but um so they have a nice living room and it, and it's very nicely decorated and so they call it red velvet hall because there's a legitimate um <laughs> like um uh curtain that they have they never they never close it it's always open but okay. it has like it has kind of sort of that uh, it gives it sort of that um, presentation-y sort of area and so oh nice and so the living room is there and then it seats you could probably seat about twenty five 
at at the tops in there. It's pretty tight, but you could probably fit twenty five in there. And then the uh, the band. Um, sometimes it's a singer. Sometimes the guy that owns the house. He's a pianist too. He'll play stuff with other people. Uh, this time it's not him though. He's just you know obviously putting it on. And um, and so they sit and then so they're at like they sit in front of the living room uh, by the door and it's it's a pretty cool setup. And then they That's make awesome. meal. They make they, the host host makes food after and usually that's when i sneak out so i don't have to oh talk there you to go people. that's smart <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go that's funny i was gonna so ask i'm gonna come back with a review on the next episode nice looking forward to it um i was gonna ask if it was called red velvet because they serve red velvet cake but you already no. answered my question so we're then good. i would stick around <laughs> or at <laughs> there least you go. get it on a paper plate and eat it in the car as i'm driving right. home nice um well, buddy, you think it's time to get into some shout-outs? Yeah, I want to spread a little love. I actually have a couple. I, I, I was I was feeling lubby-dubby these past couple of days. Something about that Svishin Den Yachin episode really got me emotional. You're starting 2019 <laughs> right, buddy. I, I like it. I, I'm so glad the, to hear it. So the first one goes out to a group of millions of women in uh, the southern Indian state of Kerala, they formed a 385-mile-long wall in protest against a ban on females between the ages of 10 and 50 at a Sabarimala temple. So footage has emerged. I'll read a little bit. Footage has emerged showing part of the human chain in the center of Trisur after the women's wall was organized by Kerala State's left-wing coalition government on Tuesday. A couple weeks ago. I mean, this is not obviously last Tuesday, but that doesn't matter. Um, this was like a couple days ago. Um, so officials told BBC that about 5 million women had helped to form the 385-mile chain which stretched along the length of Kerala from its northern tip to Kazaragad to its southern end in the state capital. I'm not even going to say that. And you uh, guys are all, I'm doing everyone a favor by not saying that. That's fair. That's badass. That's awesome. And so, yeah, and so they 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 um um they 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 they've been banned um from from um being in the temple during menstruating ages cuz they're considered dirty, which is fucking stupid. That's yeah. so dumb. <laughs> and, yeah, I I've, I've I've never understood how um how men can can put those labels on women like that because it's like how how are you dirty like it's just a normal bodily <laughs> yeah. function it would know? yeah yeah it's like this is this is what happens and I, humans in general are pretty gross men and women if you really think about it you, I know. You know I mean it's it's just it's ridiculous it, it really is ridiculous that uh, right that they're doing that but um I think it's cool that that many people were able to organize and absolutely. Um, Feel that strong. Feel that strongly. Absolutely, about that. big ups to should. them. Shout out. Oh, and I don't want to also. Yeah, shout out by the way. And they're also. Um, I don't have the exact number in front of me. Um, but there were a couple million men as well that showed up in solidarity. So that's cool too. Shout out good. to them as well. Yeah, good. I'd like to give a shout out uh, since this is um, kind of similar in some way. Uh, and this is a shout out to Austria and also uh, Nicole Kopanik and uh, Daniela Payar, who are the first Austrian women to celebrate the country's first same-sex marriage. Spread a little love. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it just became legal in Austria? 
I'm not I'm not sure if it just became legal, but they are the first same-sex couple to officially tie the knot in Austria, I mean, which it's is still a fairly legal. If if they're the first ones to do it, it's probably only recently become legal. Right. I, I yeah, and I mean Austria is still a pretty predominantly Catholic country, I think it's safe to say. Okay. I didn't know that. Yep. But I there was no chance of me going to church while I was studying abroad. Crazy. <laughs> right. God, I my grandma never listens to that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so shout out to you two and shout out for Austria. Um, shout out to Austria for um, having their first uh, same-sex marriage. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, there's always got to be someone that's the first. Right. Um, shout out to Braxton Morale. Do you know this kid? I don't. 16. He's from Kansas. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. Hold on. <clears throat> He's 16, he's from Kansas, and he's graduating from high school um, in the next couple days. And then a couple days after that, he's graduating from Harvard University. Wait, what? Uh, 16-year-old Braxton is simultaneously graduating from high school and college. You heard me. (laughs) How how is that possible? That's amazing. (laughs) Um, In May, I'll explain. In May, Braxton is set to graduate from high school in Ulysses, uh, Kansas, um, what a great name for a city. And, um, <laughs> and just days later from Harvard University, he hopes uh, the bachelor's degree he earns will pave the way for admission to Harvard Law School in the fall, and ultimately a career in national politics and maybe one day the presidency. Man, see, this is a shout out. I don't, we don't need to get into his political uh, leanings, but I feel like I know what it is. Uh, I've been <laughs> going... This is a quote from... Uh, from, I've, been, uh, I've been going to Harvard now half as from him, uh, Braxton. I've been going to Harvard now half as long as I've been going to regular school, which I believe he, by regular school he means high school. High school, right. So it's really become a part of my life. Braxton, 16, said on Saturday, to see the conclusion and the results and the rewards of that, a really, uh, it's a really, it's a really, it's, oh, that's a typo. It's really an exciting prospect for me. Um, from the time he was in middle school, Braxton has been studying at Harvard's Extension School, mostly t- uh, taking classes online. His concentration was in government with a minor in English. So he's been taking classes online just like almost as a hobby since middle school. And he's just got gotten his credits. That's awesome. Big shout out to him. That's great. Yeah, that's dope. I- I'm always blown away by, um, by, by those people. I think when my sister... Uh, I might get this wrong. This this could be a whole bunch of mama hoo hoo. But I love how I just totally <laughs> use that. It's not even how that. That's not what the untrustly believing means. But <laughs> I believe when my sister was in um, when she went to UPenn in uh, Philadelphia, and I believe the year she was a freshman, the youngest ever freshman was there, or uh, they're super young. Whatever, whatever the youngest or ever or not, fifteen year old uh, started uh, was a freshman at UPenn. The year my sister was starting there. I can't even imagine that. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Well, those were some good shout outs. I definitely uh, think we spread some love there. Yeah. It's a good way spread to start 2019. I hope we continue to spread some love. I always love it when you have shout outs, uh, Jared. It's always nice to uh, hear what, <laughs> what you find. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, and I'm right. It was uh, Brittany, same name as my sister, but spelled differently. <laughs> Uh, Brittany X-Line uh, was in 2007, so my sister was a sophomore. Then. No, she was a fr- I don't know. It doesn't matter. She was either a freshman or a sophomore, but she, uh, this 15-year-old started, uh, started her, 
her tenure at uh, UPenn. Nice. Well, Jared, uh, I think it's time for a tasty brew. What do you think? Yeah, man. What are you drinking there? Let me crack this bad boy open. This I don't is... think we've ever had a bottle, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had bottles. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I've never had a bottle, I don't think. Most of mine have been bottles except for the... Oh, right. Uh, All right. Yeah, now I think about it. But yeah. So yeah. this is uh, Kozel. And if you okay. look at this cap, uh-huh. it's light on one side and dark on the other. Right. Um, here, I'll even I'll snap a quick pic of that for the gram. Why not? Get some light on there because I can barely see it. Um, and so, Kozel. Kozel, yep. And, and also so, on the label on the top, I can see it's split the same yes, way. Yes, it's split. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and, yeah, damn. Yeah, it's split. And it's got a goat on there. That's like the, the typical is that, logo. Wanna, is that a goat or a ram? Um, pr- I mean, probably a ram. Okay. Probably. Is a, is a ram a kind of goat? Right. It's a, uh, or I'm probably the wrong, in the same I'm family. The, I'm, the, I'm the wrong guy to ask. I'm not a, uh, an expert you, on goats not... or rams. I know it's hard to believe. All the time I spent in Austria in the in the mountains and places. Jeez. But yeah. So I Googled pour this it bad boy out about, right now. I Googled it and it was just all pickup trucks. Oh, it's a kind of sheep, actually. Oh, cause A ram is a male sheep. Oh, interesting. Okay. So pouring this bad boy out. So there's... So let me tell you, Jared, there's kind of a reason why I got this one specifically. Okay. It's because I've been to a couple bars in Prague, and I've saw, I've seen people get these on tap, and what, or at least what I, what I would assume is this beer, and what they do, it's kind of like a black and tan, where they'll put, oh. they have Kozel Light and Kozel Dark. I believe they start with Kozel Light, and then they put Kozel Dark on the top, and you can see the separation. Is Would and, that be because, I wonder if that, now this is just a guess. Because mm-hmm. the dark is heavier, so that way it kind of auto-mixes by dropping to the bottom. So so, th- so this is what's interesting about dark beer here in the Czech Republic. It's actually really sweet. Okay. And some Czechs have told me, I don't know how true this is, um, and I'm sure some of my students who are listening can will correct me when they hear this, when this episode drops, but I've heard and been told that usually women are the ones that like stereotypically drink dark beer. Okay. Because it's sweeter, but I don't really know how true that is. But, you know, as you can see here, this is kind of a medium medium hue. I would say so, it's darker than a Pilsner. It's obviously, you know, in a bottle, you can't have it separated smoothly like that. But but um, so that is a mix of their light and their dark beer yes. is what that is. Okay. Yes, and I've had both of them separately. Maybe I should have reviewed those two first, but too late now. <laughs> we don't have all... We don't have all day. We we this is not a we're not gonna do a saga of beers. Um <clears throat> we'll just I get mean, all, we, we all in have, one. We might have to now. <laughs> it's, ooh, this is good. I like this. Wow. So this Quite is a really good. I like it. So so let me let me uh uh paint paint a palette picture for our uh listeners out there who who are far away and can't try this uh Kozel. And it's it's Kozel and it's eleven degrees, which I think is like five percent somewhere in that neighborhood um and they call it uh i believe they call it Rezani, which i'm sure means something i didn't do my homework <laughs> kids so let me look it up real quick and i can tell you what it means one moment oh, here um, my phone just fell off the table interesting it says it's i think it means cut but let me let me i can't get the r hot check in there but i think it's cut and yeah, which how do you make, do that? Do you, do, make you, do you ever have that struggle with your keyboard? Yeah, oh, yeah, all the time. Depending on what I'm using, if I'm using you know what Word, I do? what? 
I copy and paste. Copy from, paste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I need to just set up a couple quick shortcuts. Uh, I've just been too lazy yeah. to do it. But anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah. So this is called Kozel Chizani. Uh, that it's that R that hot check, man. It's tough. We're gonna talk about it in our next episode as well about pronunciation because that uh, that letter that sound has been giving me a lot of difficulty. But back to the beer. <laughs> so this beer it is gonna is, be a two hour long episode of you complaining about that specific sound. That's that was my plan actually. Yes, <laughs> it was. But let me paint that palette picture. So it's it's definitely I would say in terms of Czech beers, this is probably the I don't know if this will make sense, but the least Czech tasting beer. Because of the mixture between the sweetness of the dark and the light. Um, and I would also say that Kozel, uh, the, the Kozel that's the lighter color, also isn't very bitter. It's To me, it's very smooth. And this one is also really, really smooth. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel heavy at all. It seems like, a, seems like a brew you could enjoy almost any time, really. It's really good. Um, let me have another little sip of it to refresh it seems, my memory. And so it seems, based off what you're saying in my head, that sort of that if you were to have the dark beer by itself, it seems like the sweetness might almost be a little too much. Oh, but I when agree. it's mixed with the lighter beer, which is not sweet, it it, it 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 adds a perfect amount of sweetness to it for you. Yeah, I would I would say so. You you get slight hints of maybe like a like a chocolate but not like a super sweet or even a super bitter mm-hmm. like not sweet <laughs> like a milk chocolate but also not bitter like mama a dark hoo-hoo. chocolate i think that's what they call it. they call that a uh <laughs> <laughs> probably <Mama laughs> probably but uh yeah it's uh, really so, so. good i'm i'm definitely a fan of it and the honestly the whole reason why i got this was because i saw people drinking this in the hospoda or the pub and I thought it would be really interesting to try. Now I have to try it on tap to see. I'm sure it's you know obviously way better on tap, but this out of the out of the bottle is really good. Uh, also, pretty though, fresh. Mm-hmm. When when it's on tap, you're also beholden to the hand of the bartender. Also true. That's true. This is all machines. Your your yours right. is every bottle you'll get is probably the exact same level of each one. Probably. But yeah. You're I'd be right. interested to see. If uh, or I'd be interested to see if you could say go to the hospoda and say can I get a um, kozal uh, gemischt? I don't think they use the word <laughs> gemischt. Rezani, <laughs> rezani, um, but with a little bit more of the light or a little bit more of the dark. You probably <laughs> a little could. heavy hand of the, oh yeah, give me a little extra of the light and a little light on the dark or other way around. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Um, but yeah, this is this is good stuff. I really I really like this. Um, that's cool. Seems like that's seems like you might get some more of those bottles later. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, and the the thing is, like, I've always really enjoyed um, Kozel, but some of my Czech friends like complain and say it's not very good beer. I think it's pretty good. I've I've always liked it. When I bought it, though, I usually would get the lighter one, not the dark one. Because I've tried the dark one on tap before, and mm-hmm. it was so sweet that I figured it's going to be just as sweet in the bottle, and it's just too right. much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is a really good balanced beer. Um, not too heavy. Really nice color to it. Um, let me let me also give it a little whiff. Doesn't smell skunky like a Pilsner usually does. <laughs> Honestly, when you smell it, you do get a little bit of uh, little bit of like chocolate in there, I guess. Okay. 
maybe it's just that what that Rezani causes, like the mixture of the two together, will will, will give you that effect. Right. Because you don't get do you, you wouldn't say you get that from either of the two on their own, would you? No, I wouldn't say so. Maybe, maybe the dark one, but it's so sweet, okay. it's almost overpowering. Right, right. But yeah, that's interesting. I like I like that concept that that on their own they're okay, but together they form a super union. It's like some superhero combo or right. something. Right, right. <laughs> it's it's kind of like Batman and Robin. You know, they they kick so much more ass when they're together. I would imagine. So would you say the dark beer is the Robin and the <laughs> light probably. beer is the Batman? Probably. I don't know. It just depends on your taste. I'm not I'm not into sweet beers. I don't know sweet beers. I got to really be in the mood for it, and usually it has to be a heavier stout, and I wouldn't say that the dark beers here are really that... I don't think they're really much heavier than just the the you know the Kozel light versus the Kozel dark. I think in terms of heaviness, to my taste buds and to my belly, they, they seem about the same. I'm with you, though. I, I'm more of a... Uh, I'm not into the sweeter stuff either. Same with the wine, too. I prefer a little drier rather than like sweeter. Right. Um, oh, I think it's about that time. I think so too. We already gave our listeners a, a bonus one with um, uh, Chezani, meaning uh, cut for the beer. No, there were two bonus ones. What was the? What were the other ones? Hospoda? What was the earlier? Um, we at the beginning of the episode, your, one you told your students earlier today went down the wrong pipe. Oh, that's true. Good call. Which that's means true. you choked on something. Right. Usually a liquid. Right. Exactly. Well, Jared, I want to start us off with a check one. Okay. Uh, both of mine today are uh, have to do with animals, uh, and uh, so here we go. So this is meat zayechi umisli, which means um, to have a hair like a rabbit, to have a hare's intentions. <laughs> Does that mean you're like sneaky? Um, not not quite. I would say I would say for example you have a hair's intentions when you go to these velvet concerts a little bit. Where it's like I oh, I have a hair's intentions. Where it's like I'm there on a mission and I want to get out. Like you're on on a mission? I would I wouldn't say um on a mission but I would say this means uh to run away. Also, to get out of a sticky situation. Also, to get out of a difficult relationship simply by escaping. <laughs> so I thought that was a good one. Oh, man. I wish I didn't relate to that so much. Uh, <laughs> what's the English version again? Um, to have a hair's intentions and in check it's meet Zayechi Umisli. Okay. I like that one, obviously. <laughs> It's a good one. Uh, I have two, and they're both Yoruba, which is spoken oh, cool. in parts of uh, Nigerian Benin. Uh, Benin? Uh, and I apologize early, obviously, because I'm going to butcher these uh, pronunciations. The second one's pretty long, too. I should, don't know why I did this to myself. Obe ki gebe inu agba mi. And that literally translates to the soup does not move round in an elder's belly. Around. They put round, but I, I think it should be around. Right. Soup, soup does, does not move, move around in an elder's belly. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that, that, that I tried could to mean... keep both of mine. The reason why I kept both Yoruba's because they were both elder based. So I was like, oh, oh perfect. nice. It's I was trying to find connected right. the. I was trying to find elder ones for check and, and no luck. I'm sure they have some out there. 
but I couldn't yeah. find them. Interesting. So, so the soup doesn't move around in elder's belly. Elder's belly. Does that mean that like, like elderly people tend to stay calm, or they're not like shaken up? You're on the right track, but um, no. So, it kind it, it, it. I think um, in English, what we would say is um, uh, maybe, uh, like. If if you have anything to, um, I'll give you an example. Let me just do it this way. Like, um, say you um, say someone came to you and they're like, uh, "Oh my gosh, uh, I I did something I did something terrible. I, I I can't believe it." And you're like, "Hey, listen, dude, I'm a bank vault. Uh, uh, you can tell me anything. What is it?" Oh oh, so so you could tell an elder something and it won't bother them because you know they've seen it all and been through it all. No, yeah. you should be able to keep secrets is what it is. Oh. So what I was oh, saying, I my see. example gotcha. was someone did something terrible, and you're like, you can tell me, I won't tell anyone. Is what I was I getting see at. I what you're saying. Gotcha. Okay. All yeah, right. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that means that, I think it does have, like, it does probably relate to having a strong stomach of some sort, but I think, but that it does mean to be able to keep secrets. Makes sense. I like that so one. So like you can keep them in your stomach. All right. Good to know. Good to know. I would say you're one of those people, Jared. Yeah, 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 yeah. People, people sometimes will tell me, um, like, like, uh, don't tell anyone this, and I'm like, who would I tell? <laughs> I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I, if, if I'm a good secret keeper or it's I just I don't have anyone to tell. That was before you had an internationally uh, recognized podcast, exactly. though. So <laughs> watch out, people. Don't be telling Jared your secrets now. Oh, that's great. All right, Jared, uh, my last one for you today is is also Czech. You're going to be fluent in Czech in terms of idioms by the time you get here. I'm just saying, trying to I'll prepare take you. I'll take it. Um, so this one is also Spread has to do with love. animals. That's right. I'm surprised you didn't hit the Mluvitan Glitzky drop. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to be fluent in Czech. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That's true. Good point. Spread a little love. So oh, here we shit. go. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> That's totally my bad. I totally... <laughs> You're good. Oh, my God. Now Anyways. I don't know where to put that drop. Where did I put that drop? Uh-oh. I'm losing drops. <laughs> here, we, here we go. Um, all right. So this is Czech. Oh, shit. I have no idea where that is. And it I'm is... I meant to hit uh, the v Borny, by the way. That's what I meant to hit. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Nice. <laughs> nice. But I lost uh, it. <laughs> it's, it's all good. So here we go. Alright. Alright. <laughs> Anyways, here's the check on translatable for you. Uh, oh my god. Vima meet Zayalove Kravitele. Which means to talk a calf out of a heifer. <laughs> Is that to like sweet talk someone or to like um convince Kinda. them to do something? There you go, hit that ham horn. It means yeah, to persuade yeah, yeah. someone. Yeah, or I, I, that makes sense though. That 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 um, idiom does translate very well to English as it far does. as the understanding. I it's can imagine fun to say. Uh, that sounds like a southern. That sounds like a southern, especially with he, when you say heifer, because that's right. a southern thing to say. <laughs> right. That sounds like a southern, uh, like a southern phrase. Add it to the drops. Talk that <laughs> calf out of that heifer. Is <laughs> <laughs> that was that a good southern accent? I have, I have no the idea only it was. the only word you put a southern accent on was heifer, but it was so good. Heifer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, too funny. Hit me with that other uh, Yoruba on translation. Sorry, Jared. I'm writing myself a reminder to get that drop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the second one's longer, and as I, this is the one I really got to apologize for in advance, but it's a good one. I, I like I like it. Um, and it goes a little bit like this. 
un yi agbalagba li noiho joko omoiton lei un noiho uduho uduo. What, what an elder mean? sees while sitting down, a child can never see it wa- it while standing up. What an elder sees while sitting down, a child can never see it while standing up. Hmm. So it's like something. Basically, you just have to be mature, right? Yeah. Yeah. Experience All right. teacher. That's even better. And that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know. I think we've said this even before on our podcast, but the older I get, the stupider I feel sometimes. I think that's, but I think that's part of learning more. Is That's realizing. True. I mean, as we've said before, part of learning more is realizing how little we actually know. That is that is true, and um, that's for sure. And I think that 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 is part of um, part of part you part of becoming wiser is realizing that we that <laughs> how insignificant we are and that we don't know anything. Oh, for sure. That's why we need our family and why we need our elders. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I. Uh, I I support all the elders in my life. Uh, shout out to my grandmother. Shout out to my grandfather, my other grandmother. My no, I'm just kidding. I was just going to go through everyone. <laughs> um, so do you um, think about the potential for having to like take care of your parents when you get older, when they get older? And you, I guess. Y- y- yes and no. Um, the reason why I say yes and no is because if they have the financial means or I have the financial means, I'm probably going to have someone else take care of them because I know they'll be able to, a professional, in my opinion, would be able to do a better job. Mm -hmm. But I think culturally that's viewed very differently, right? Like I have some uh, former students and graduate colleagues from China where they, you know, in a lot of, you know, not only China, but other Asian countries, I think that it's kind of expected that you take care of your family. Um, well, my, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, you can finish what you're saying first. My my uncle um, actually married a Japanese woman, uh, amazing woman. Uh, shout out to my aunt Masai, uh, and she was telling me that um, she she was married to a Japanese man before uh, she met my uncle, and. Uh, Basically, she took care of her parents and his parents until they died. And then, unfortunately, her husband kind of just threw her out. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it's like... And I'm sure that's not super normal. And now, apparently, you know, he's brought a lot of dishonor to his family name, um, which is a big deal in Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it was just interesting to me that... But you who know, cares how, about the dishonor to the family name when it's like, yeah, but it's like, I'm, or I meaning your aunt is still the one that just got dumped, you know? <laughs> right. After a long marriage. Right. Or it's right. like, okay, I take care of your parents and uh, I'm stay married to you for that long and then you're just done with me. Right. It's and like, here, here's the he might be ashamed to uh, his family, but I, I feel like that's little, maybe it feels nice a little bit, but I feel like that's a little help for her, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. Right. And so yeah, do I don't know. What, what about what about you though? Would you would you take care of your parents or what do you what are your thoughts uh, on that? It's you know I I was thinking about it when you brought up this episode. It's I it's hard for me to think about it now. One because they're um, 
in fine shape mm-hmm. and two because they have so much more money than I do <laughs> or it's like and 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 they're retired so it's like I I I don't know I don't know like but I you know, I watch how like one the main reason my parents even live in Louisiana is because of their parents and to be closer to their parents as they're getting older. Mm-hmm. And they don't live with them, or they don't. My parent, my grandparents don't live with my parents, but they're like twenty minutes away. Uh, you know, and my parents don't really work, so they can go over there whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, I what I've noticed in my family with my grandparents, with my parents, is there's a lot of like. Indep- like I, I, there's this very strong independence, and in, and in, and in, so I, I can't imagine. Well, one, uh, which is pretty common here in, uh, in America, uh, there's no chance that I, they'd ever be going to like a retirement home. I can't imagine I would I would do that. At the I, I think the I can't imagine I'd ever have them live with me either. <laughs> no offense. Sometimes I listen to this, but I, <laughs> but um, I would definitely make sure that they had the best care, and I and I respect. The um, the the fact that um, that they have moved back in, not in, but moved back close to them, but it's it's hard to guarantee that anyone's everyone could be in a financial situation, uh, where they can move to a you know where where they can just up and move and they're retired so they don't have to worry about a job right. or finding money or you know stuff like that. So they're open to go wherever they want, and and I think I, and sometimes I want and that I also. Since my parents are also, like their parents, the 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 age gaps get wider as we get older. So not that I'm going to be still like needing help by the time they're aging, but like it's easier for them to d- do that move because they're older. So I right. feel like in my head, the best I can guarantee at this point is <laughs> guarantee is that I'll make sure that they at least have some in-home service. I don't know. They're in great shape, though. You know, I know that's so short-sighted of me to say, but they are, and so are my grandparents for the most part. Um, it's funny that you brought up, or it's very apropos that you brought up China, though, because they actually have, uh, as of around 2012 or 2013, they have a, have an elderly rights law. So we'll get into some cultures and how they view the elderly, but um, I'll bring up this just because you brought up China, but... Um, they have a specific law where you're not allowed to, uh, and other countries have this too. I believe Singapore also has this. Uh, hold on, I can guarantee, I can verify that. Uh, yep, Singapore, Singapore has has something similar. So, um, offspring are legal, uh, essentially legally required to take care of their parents, both emotionally and financial, and like financially. So, mm-hmm. like, so like, par- your parents can't sue you. If you're not supporting them financially, or I believe not visiting them, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 and it's you know this is something that's as you've mentioned you know deeply ingrained into the culture, taking care of the of of and and most of of these uh, what do you call like Japan, um, Korea, uh, China, those kind of Asian countries, uh, Eastern Asian. Yeah, I believe is the term. Probably they they all have that similar strong like uh, respect for the elderly, and um, I don't know if Korea and Japan have the same laws, but I know Singapore and China do, and um, it's becoming a problem because um, as um, 
one there's now there's now stricter not rules but incent there's in China there's incentives for only having one child because the population's so big, and urbanization is happening rapidly. So people right. are moving out of rural communities. So it, it's becoming harder to move uh, move families. So in recent years, retirement homes are, are betr- slowly becoming a thing. But it is tough just because even though there is sl- becoming more of a need for it, there's still that cultural uh, sort of s- stigma to it. Oh, absolutely. Like, wow, you can't take care of your parents or whatever it is. And um, And it's tough, but it's like, yeah, I mean... It, it, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Where there's another untranslatable for you guys, <laughs> right. where it's like, I want to go to the city where there's the money and opportunity for my family, yet then I can't attend to my family or take care of them because I can't. I don't have enough money to travel back and forth. But maybe you have enough money to send them however many. I don't know. Whatever it is you're doing, and it's just. It's a bummer. I'll tell you this. This episode uh, really got me thinking about my own personal mortality. <laughs> yeah? More, more so than the death episode? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Because this was okay. more about... The death episode was about are he being dead. This one was so much about... <laughs> what happens I guess to not, us not as about we my age? Mat- not about my mortality, maybe. But it's just about like... Our future. Ex- our journey it, it through life, existen- right? Existential. Okay. And like, what will my life be like when I'm... When I'm 85 and I'm walking around with a walker shitting on if, myself. If the world is still around. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, if it's still, if it's still existing. Spread a little love. <laughs> um, uh, like, I agree with you, though. This episode also made me think about that, too. Yeah, especially like because I'm, I'm so much of like a, a loner and I enjoy kind of enjoy it nowadays. But it's like, man, but like what, what's going to happen when I'm like... Yeah, like wh- when I'm old, who who will I turn to then? <laughs> and the untranslatable and, podcast and uh, your co-host Chad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be like uh, one of those cartoons where they're like, we're like, what are we going to be like when we're old? And it's like the SpongeBob and Patrick and <laughs> right. Walkers, <laughs> right? <laughs> I wonder that though too, and and for me too, with our with our parents, exactly as you mentioned, for me it's more about providing them with the best care and comfort that I can. And sadly, I don't think that will be if I'm the one taking care of them. However, my mom has taken care of my grandmother, my grandfather, my great aunt. And I've also seen how it also, it takes a toll on you physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because you're, not only are you watching your parents and relatives, you know, I mean, sadly, slowly pass away, in front of your eyes, but also you have to also kind of put on a front to stay strong for them, you know, because, you know, you're the last person. I I remember when my grandmother passed away, my mom uh, was the last person that saw her and, you know, and and you have to try to stay strong for your family. And so for me, I would rather be able to enjoy the, the time I have with my family by having them be happy and healthy as possible and taken care of properly. Um, now, whether or not we'll have the finances to do that, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, uh, it's it's just interesting how other cultures view, um, and not only view, but expect uh, your family relationships, you know? Yeah, yeah. I saw, you, you know, you mentioned the, you know, saying strong and saying positive. And I think... 
what I wanted to say is there's kind of a line to that where it's like, like you, you, yes, I understand what you're saying, but you also can't um, like sacrifice your own um, sacrifice and or deny your own feelings, you know? Right. But um, there is. I, I saw this study on some CNN article that I was reading, and they said that um, some there was some Irish study that spanned over thirty years, and they said that mental conditions like depression and anxiety were uh, common among people with negative ideas about aging. So people that just constantly were fearing aging and uh, tend to be more depressed when they were older. And also, um, funny, uh, studies found <laughs> that the chances of dementia can be lowered by 49.8% if a positive outlook is maintained. I believe it. I think, I think the mind is a really powerful thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I think for all of our listeners out there who uh, have relatives who may be going through a difficult time, I think it just goes to show you how helpful and beneficial uh, positivity can be if you just, uh, as, as your drop says, spread a little love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about some other cultures? I was actually wondering if I could ask you, speaking of families, no. <laughs> where do you think... <laughs> are the best countries to raise a family if you were to move abroad? If we were to move abroad. So what do you think number one would be, Jared? We'll just do the top five. Uh, I mean, it's easy. Norway. Sweden? Nope. Norway? Nope. You're close. You're in that region. Denmark? Finland. Okay, yeah, the other one. <laughs> Finland is the number one. This is according to The Independent. Okay. But Finland is number one because uh, no expat parent had anything negative to say about uh, children's health care, children's safety, or children's well-being in Finland. Uh, 70% of expats said the quality of education there is excellent. Um, this is compared to the global average of just 21%. I, I think a lot of Americans' minds would be blown if they were, if they were to visit another country and, say, get sick or injured or something mm -hmm. and see how... Um, how like they're i don't know you know i don't know if it's the same for every country but most of those european countries that we talk about uh you would be free <laughs> oh yeah or, or very affordable <laughs> right yeah uh all right jared what do you think is number two um see um, is another european country it's european but it's not scandinavian and it's probably not a country you might expect uh, Ukraine. Nope. Okay. I don't know. What is it? Czech Republic. Oh, okay. Czech Republic comes in at number two. <laughs> and this is what's interesting. Ta -da. From, from last year, the Czech Republic shot up from number 14 to number two. As 74% of expats agree that education is easy to afford. Um, but for the el for, for expats, who? for, for okay. the children. Okay. Okay. Right. Because okay. these are people raising families abroad. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so it didn't reach the top spot because the education, according to the expats that live there, um, is higher rated in Finland than in the Czech Republic. Um, hmm. Number three. Oh, you want me to guess? Number three, yeah, this is a, a turbulent country, I would say. A turbulent country? Yep. Turkey? Uh, no, uh, not quite. not quite there. Is that what you mean by turbulent? I mean, yeah, it's tr it's turbulent. Oh, okay. 
Um, I don't know if you meant like they. No, they tend to get earthquakes. <laughs> you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one. This one has a very turbulent political past. The U.S. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, Israel. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Uh-huh. Israel's number three. Besides uh, for all of the. Um, if Israel wasn't where it was, it seems like it's a pretty good place to live. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's just this is this location. I mean, <laughs> from from my friends who visited there, say it's an amazing country. Yeah, um, my sister's visited before as well. Right, but it's I don't know. It's a it's a difficult political climate. Anyways, yeah, we're, we're not here to talk about politics today. We're here to talk about family. <laughs> I don't even really understand. Spread some love. The Israel thing. It's it's. We'll we'll talk about it later. It's it's quite, I mean I don't have the answers, but it's it's interesting <laughs> to discuss. All right, number four, Jared. What do you think number four is? Um, Korea. Also South in Europe. Korea. Also in Europe. Also in Europe. Hmm. I would say it's safe to say you and I really like this country. Germany. You're very close. Austria. There we go. <laughs> Austria is number four, and okay. it was apparently last year. Austria was actually number one. Uh, I believe that, as we mentioned mm-hmm. uh, on the on the road again, they're always in the one of the top cities to live in in general. So, right. But what dropped Austria a couple places, apparently, is the regard to family ad- uh, to a friendly attitude towards families with children. Austria ranks <laughs> in the bottom three for this factor. So they are forty so third y- place out of forty five. <laughs> I wonder if this is these are American families that are saying this, and all I imagine is they're rambunctious, loud kids. <laughs> it could be. That very well could be. All right, Jared, and number five to top it off. And I was like, well, Austrians might have a point on that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. You might not be wrong. Number five? Mm-hmm. Austri- also Europe? Yes. France? Nope. Further north. Further north. Uh, Netherlands? Further north. Denmark. Uh, I think that would be... It's further east. <laughs> Estonia? I don't know. Sweden. Um, oh, okay. Sweden. <laughs> oh, that's northeast. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's east. I was totally thrown off. Right. That makes sense. I mean, those aren't surprising. I was a little confused on... Uh, it's weird, though, because... Uh, well, I guess I'm not confused, but like we talk about how these Asian countries have such a, a high regard for the elderly, and I think we should address why they're not on this list, and I think I know why. Okay, why is that? And it's because because they the countries have this such a strong. Um, we're not talking about expats. I just realized I'm just talking about elderly people, mm-hmm. so it's unrelated. <laughs> I'm so You're curious to hear, to hear your opinion. So let's let's hear it. So well, well, because I saw the list I saw that regarding the best place for elderly people it was mm-hmm. similar, and um, really I I interesting. Can, okay, and um, I can I don't I, I need to find where the where the ranking was. Like there was one place where they actually had rankings, but um, I'll just tell you what I remember off the top of my head instead of trying to find this thing is that. Uh, some of these countries like Japan and China were ranked around eight or nine and not in the top. And it's because even though um, there's such a strong uh, focus on keeping them, um, taking care of them, there's not a strong focus on employment. And they don't, I don't think they see much use for them employment-wise once they reach a certain age. So they're kind of aged out of the uh, job market. Right. 
And what's so it's not good for that, but they'll be very well taken care of by their kids, hopefully. Right. What's also interesting about that is the countries that have laws based on based on age as well. Like, you know, in Germany and Austria, I'm pretty sure you put your age on your uh, curriculum vitae or your resume. Whereas, obviously, that's illegal in the United States. Uh, because but you put your birthday, don't you? No, I don't have my birth date on my CV. Oh, on your CV. Sorry, I was thinking on like the application though, because when you actually apply, sometimes like online, that's I've had, true. I've had to put them yeah, on yeah, that's there. true. That's true. But um, so they they don't have to do that here. But so wait, which well, hold on, say that again. So in in Europe, you they put their their age on there. Yeah, right oh, on okay. the CV. Huh. And yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that is. I mean. Ageism is ageism is clearly a problem, but I wonder if they're like looking at this and it's like I don't want like a sixty-six year old person doing this job. I mean, I remember when my dad um, got laid off. He used to work at Pfizer, which is a big pharmaceutical company, mm-hmm. and you know they shut down the entire plant in Ann Arbor, and uh, he had a lot of problems finding a job because of his age and his experience. You right. Know? Um, a lot of places said we'd love to hire you, but we can't pay you what you what you deserve with your experience and your credentials and everything else. Mm-hmm. So that's another kind of complex piece to the puzzle in terms of you know age with jobs and also what's expected of you when you work. Is um, that because can they not pay that much because they like don't think they're gonna like? <laughs> I have no idea. That's a good question. Or I is have it no just idea. like it's, yeah it's, uh, yeah I don't know I guess that's it's but tough. also. I, I'm 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 sure there is like a lot of um a lot of like like they also there might be a lot of ageism behind wanting to train older people too, or it's like, listen, we use Excel. Uh <laughs> right. Could be you, yeah. I don't I don't wanna have to teach you how to do V lookups or whatever. <laughs> right. Um I think I revealed a little bit of ageism in myself. because uh, I think I uh Sometimes I feel bad when I see old people, older people working. Yeah, I do uh, too. Where it's like, I, th- I think in my head where it's like, man, I hope that I have made enough where I don't have to work by the time I'm whatever age it is. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 just, I just, like, like the privilege of working your entire life is that by the time you're this age, or we're 65, or by the time we're in that age, it'll probably be like 112. But uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> by the time you're of retiring age, uh, like you, you're done. But then even like my grandpa, I don't know if he works now because he kind of has arthritis that's getting bad. But up until like a couple of years ago, like a year or two ago, he um, he was still working. And it's not like he was like he wasn't doing anything important, really. Like uh, I think he was like a quote unquote security guard at like the state capital 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 or whatever. But he was retired. I like I think it was less for the money and more just for having something to do, you know, just wanting right. to get out of the house. And, um, and I definitely stuff. know some people that are, that work for that reason. Exactly. Yeah. That reason. Yeah. Um, and I, I could, I could definitely understand that. Cause I mean, I get, I, I get restless now and, and I don't think that I, I don't see why that would go away. I mean, maybe you might get tired <laughs> easier, but I could still imagine I, I can't, I, I I feel like something like that, that sort of wanting to do stuff, wanting to get up and go, I I don't see that sort of personality trait going away from someone just because they get older. Maybe they get – I see more likely the person getting frustrated 
that they can't do what they were able to do before. Oh, for sure. But still, rather than rather than just being like, well, I'm you know, guess I'm not going to do that anymore. Where it's like, I want to do that though. Right. I mean, I I see that with my dad right now. He's starting to get frustrated. I mean, he's seventy two. Um, is he really? Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, well, he will be uh, in four or five days. Okay. Um, or no? What's well? Doesn't matter the day. He'll he'll be seventy two <laughs> soon. I've 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 started to notice like, you know, if I if I play sports with him or anything like that, I can tell he he sometimes gets frustrated because you know he's just not as quick as he used to be. But right. he's he's still still sharp as attack and definitely clever. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. I think for for some people, you know. Work is such an important part of your life. It kind of gives you purpose, you know. Yeah. And if and if you if you lose that purpose, it's kind of like okay, well, what what uh, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, one of my coworkers. He is uh, I think also seventy two, and um, he still he still um, I mean he has made more than enough money to uh, retire. He's he's done his job. Like he and he could and he doesn't even really he's done higher positions than he's doing now. Mm-hmm. He's still very important, but um, it's it's so clearly that he just like one he likes that his he's important, which I, I'm not shitting on the guy. I I like the, I think that's great, but he likes that he's needed, and two he is needed, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then like it, I think he just he 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 gets so much purpose out of it. Like you can tell that he gets so much purpose out of it. He still travels. All internationally. One, one, first of all, he's from Brazil, but he still he travels to China and India at least twice a year. Like he goes all over the place, and and he has all these great relationships with people and comp- at companies and all over the world. And it's it's so it's I mean it's become his identity because he has friends. Out, he got he's gotten international friends out of this. Right, and um, that's pretty awesome. And um, you know, me being the young person, I wonder. It's like. Well, like, how are we gonna fill this guy's role? Because we need him, and he's leaving. He's leaving. I don't, I'm not gonna say when, but I mean, it's coming eventually. I mean, right. sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just so clearly like, like part of his identity. And um, sometimes I get nervous about that too, because that's how it was with my mom. She was very workaholic, e, and you could tell that it was part of her identity. And those people, those people also tend to be pretty successful. But like, I don't want my job to be part of my identity. Right, like, uh, where I think a lot of people would say the opposite of that, but you know, yeah, I mean, you, I guess you, you kind of like your job being part of your identity, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I think being a teacher's, I don't know, it's kind of cool. I like it. <laughs> As a yes, I'm not ashamed by my job or anything. I just think there's more interesting things to talk about about me. Okay, that's uh, fair. And it, I, it's just whenever people ask me, like, oh, what do you do? I'm always just like. Ugh. And I actually don't, people are usually kind of, like, people seem to be, like, it's not even, like, I'm like I'm really not in shape, because people seem to like it, but it's just like, yeah, but there's more interesting to talk about than work. I don't like talking about work. That's when people ask you that, you should be like, I'm a pianist. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> podcaster and pianist. That's, That's what right. pays the bills. That's right. And then I go to a cubicle on the side sometimes. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> just just to fill my days. Um. So, um... America. Do you want to talk about America? Sure. Where they stand? Let's hear Seniors it. in America are arguably happier and healthier than ever before, uh, but they're still subject to prejudice and stereotyping. Unfortunately, some younger people perceive anyone with wrinkled skin or gray hair as old, 
and many elders report feeling ageism amongst society and the workplace. I believe you mentioned you experienced or witnessed some ageism while you were uh, in Austria. Didn't you say that? I mean, Austria, Prague, and any oh, big right. city. Right, right, right. Yeah. What kind of stuff were you seeing there? Like, and actually, well, let me let me even start off with this. Um, when my parents arrived here, um, the you know they they, they were in wheelchairs. <laughs> they they landed in the Frankfurt airport, and they they had to take the shuttle from one terminal to the other to get to their connecting flight to Prague. Mm-hmm. And um, as my dad gets older, sadly his his balance is starting to go, and. Um, I guess my mom was telling me that there were a bunch of young people on the shuttle that didn't bother uh, getting up or moving for my dad to sit down when he's clearly, clearly an older gentleman. I mean, he has white hair and a white beard. And I think you can kind of tell by the way he walks and his posture that, you know, he, he's getting up there and he has difficulty moving and walking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he almost fell over and uh, on the shuttle and like nobody besides my mom really tried to help him. That's crazy. Right? But then what's crazier is while, speaking of Vienna, while we were in Vienna, we were walking down Kärtnerstrasse, and this older guy fell over, and then three or four Austrians ran right up to him, helped him up, asked him if he was okay. So that was nice to see. But Mm -hmm. on public transportation, it's like a lot of the rules fly out the window, and in theory, you're supposed to offer your seat to someone older or someone, you know, a person who's pregnant or injured. Mm Mm-hmm. Not only public transportation, but it gets even worse when you're at the airport. Oh, for There's sure. There's no respect for anyone at the airport. <laughs> the airport has just turned into like a, it's just a. It's its like own a, universe. It's really crazy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. There's no like, you know, as I've, I've mentioned so much, how my routine, you know, so I don't, I don't claim to be above it. I, I zone out from everyone when i get to the airport right but granted i would let someone sit sit you know sit in the seat but like um you know the thing about those uh airport shuttles specifically is those ones don't have much space one they're they always pack them to the brim oh for sure two there's not like it's not like a normal public transportation bus where there's a lot of hold on points they don't really have many spots to hold on yet it's mostly standing room it is a terrible design have you do you know what i'm talking about oh yeah it's i don't know who designed them but <laughs> it's they the worst they weren't paying attention in their classes that's for sure it is the worst it's so, yeah. it, i mean I, I assume it's just to get as many people in there as possible yeah but it's i mean just it like has there's, to be the, like you can't even put a couple more poles on this thing it's right. like there's exactly. nothing to hold on to if you're jammed in there exactly but, you know, um, and it was funny when I was on public transportation in Vienna, in Dresden, or sorry, no, not in Dresden, in Vienna, um, in Prague, um, I always made sure to, you know, there were quite a few times in Prague where I stood up and let an older man or woman sit down for me. Whereas mm-hmm. I'm like looking around and like, I don't know if they were foreigners or if they were Czechs, I have no idea, but I'm just surprised nobody else asked before I did. Yeah, have you, know you no I mean? shame? <laughs> exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk about society like I'm one of these old people, but um, <laughs> I, there, 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 there's just something to like. There is something to us becoming more and more like. There's more and more of a barrier to just talking to strangers. It's in. 
you know, this is coming from someone that tries their hardest to never talk to strangers. Right. But like, there is like becoming this barrier where it's it's becoming almost like weirder and weirder to talk to strangers. You know, like with this whole like like um, online dating community thing, uh, like this whole like a rise of online dating. We're almost now, you know, it used to be the stigma to meet some male or some girl or dude on, on, online. Now it's like. Uh, like a like the real check like the real like, it's not embarrassing to meet someone in person. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like way like it seems like there's way more of a stigma to just like walking up to someone. It's like what this what's this person doing? And I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm not saying in this quote. I'm not saying in this era you can't do it. I'm just saying it just seems like there's just because it's way less uh, acceptable to not do that. It's it's now just becoming like we're just becoming moving towards this. Uh, where, where people are becoming emboldened on computers and then talking to each other less in person, right? And uh, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a good way to go. You know what? I'm gonna say it. I would I would agree. Um, and and, and it's it's makes me uh fear for the future. <laughs> oh, me too, me too. And the other problem is is you know the whole point of the internet in theory was to bring us all closer, yet I think actual person-to-person closeness has not, you know, conversations and, and being with people has probably gone down a little bit because you can just tap into your phone and ignore mm-hmm. everything. I think it's brought us closer on a global standpoint, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's helped us locally, if that makes any sense. Right. Like yeah, I can now I can now have a I can now do a award winning uh, number one podcast with you because of it, right? But also it it now um, gives me even less incentive to actually go up and try to talk to a girl at a bar or something like that, right? So you know, that's just tough. I, that's tough in general, but that we can say we think, can say that. For I think the girls episode. at the bars would be like that. Actually, sounds just that sounds okay. Right, <laughs> uh, we're okay with you not talking to us. Right. Um so um yeah and and also a difficulty is getting jobs as as I've mentioned. Um I wonder oh so Vietnam is uh is they have a very high respect for their elders. Okay. Uh once again an Asian country um but um they consider them carriers of knowledge, tradition, and wisdom. So I believe they're even. I think even more than say, um, it more than um, like China or Japan. There might be. I would say there might even be more value uh, as far as like um, employment goes. They don't mention that here specifically, but I feel like just by the very nature that there's. Because um, I don't. Uh, you know, no offense to anyone here, but like the when I hear when I hear like. You know, in comparison to some of these different countries. So, if you say um, we're talking Japan and China, and um, Korea and Singapore, they all have these laws and requirements. But a lot of that seems like, like I wonder how necessary it really is. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't know if the laws are necessary, but a lot of it seems to me like, do you like you're just doing it because you're supposed to almost? But like, how much do you actually have? Like, how much sort of respect and admiration and, and listen i'm not saying that i'm respecting and admir ad, 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 admiring old people to the highest level but I, i'm saying it is it more just because it's like oh this is what i'm supposed to do I'm supposed to take care of my parents come live with me 
uh, here's some food and then, you know, go to your room and shut up. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's just, but I just found it interesting that I found in a lot of places that Vietnam was sort of um, lauded for having that respect. I, I found that interesting. Um, do you have anything to say? Do I'm, uh, I, no, I'm, I'm good. You're, okay. you're hitting, you're hitting all the nails on the head right there. <laughs> um, okay. I'm wondering if it's all right if we switch gears and talk a little bit about a different type of uh, family structure that most people in the Western world are not accustomed to, which is polygamy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, what are some cultures that? Because uh, I know obviously there are cultures that are it's more of an accepted practice. Mm-hmm. Well, what is polygamy first? Good good call. So po- polygamy <laughs> is basically where you can have more than one husband or wife. And I think usually, I could be wrong, but I think usually it tends to sway more on the side of multiple wives. But I could be wrong. I don't think you are wrong. Um, but yeah. But what's interesting is the majority, I'm, I'm looking here, and this is from Wikipedia, so take this with a grain of salt, but... If you look at the world map, Mama um, the majority of polygamy that is completely legal with no problem is in Africa and the Middle East. Um, and yeah. a lot of these places are um, Muslim countries. And then... Um, my only problem mm-hmm. with that, I mean, not my only problem, my main problem with that, and the reason why I was so confident in saying that it's mostly men is because it's a, it's a, a, I think it's very heavily based in objectifying women. And it's just like, I like, I can have multiple of you, but there can only be one of me. Cause how dare you not stay with me, but I, but, uh, I can have multiples. And, and it's, it's, it's just a control thing due, uh, based in the, in women being, well, you look like you're about to say, I feel like I should stop because <laughs> I have a huge smile on my face. Um, well, well, let me let me just the reason why I'm smiling, Jared, is I want to play devil's really advocate like with you stop. for a minute. I, I I think the things you're saying are are definitely true, um, or or at least I would agree with your opinions. Let me let me not throw out what's true or false here, but I agree with your opinions. However, okay. some I had uh, I taught some students from Saudi Arabia a few years ago. And uh, I made them all do presentations about their their region, where they were from in Saudi Arabia. And one of my students came from, I forget the name of the region now. I wish I, wish I knew it. Um, but he came from like the region that's kind of stereotypically known in the Saudi Arabia, in Saudi Arabia for um, having the most uh, or the highest population of uh, polygamy. And what he explained to me is the main reason why, at least where he's from, they celebrate polygamy, has not necessarily to do with um, objectification or control or power, but it has to do with um, raising a family. As in, if I'm married to you, you cannot bear me any children. Instead of me divorcing you, I can marry someone else and have children. Now, the problem with this, and this is where I'm going to segue (laughs) into saying what you were saying, is the fact that if the female is infertile... The man can marry another, but it doesn't work the other way around. So that is right. that is definitely an issue, and I would agree with you 100% on that. Um, I do like yeah. the idea of, um, and I think this sort of, at least what I've heard, kind mm-hmm. of fits more in with how humans 
evolved Mm -hmm. is that, I mean, obviously, I mean, not obviously, but they were, I think humans did evolve to have, uh, I don't know if it was, it wasn't uh, like one male having sex with just a bunch of women, but it was like more of a open, like people like having kids with everyone. And what it caught, what it caused was this giant community. And so everyone took care of everyone and it sort of um, instilled family into everyone because it's like mm-hmm. you're like you're not we're all family and we're all part of the same community now right. obviously it might get a little hairy you know once you start you know breeding wise down the road but <laughs> right right but in theory I like that theory a lot and um that and that sort of prehistoric version of it doesn't I don't think that was based in at least I don't think it was based in as much of that same sort of um Paternal, what is the patriarch, patriarchal, patriarchal. Uh, society? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would agree. Can I spit a couple more facts at you about polygamy? Spit them. All right. So polygamy is legal in 58 out of nearly 200 sovereign states or nations. And as we mentioned, the vast majority are uh, Muslim majority countries in Africa and Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is there are some countries, I believe that's, India, I think on the map, where polygamy is legal for Muslims. However, it is illegal for non-Muslims. Interesting. Which, yes, I also found that interesting. Also, it fun makes fact, sense to me though, because mm-hmm. there, there is. I mean, there are. It's the two main religions, I believe, are Hin- Hinduism and uh, and, and Islam. Islam. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that doesn't make sense. Why don't you just let everyone do it then? <laughs> yeah. What's What's interesting though about the United States is polygamy is actually not federally illegal. It is illegal in all fifty states by state law. It's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. So isn't that really isn't that really interesting? In some places though, um, it's actually only a misdemeanor. Other places, it's a felony. I don't understand how that works though. Because if you're marrying these people, how do how do you marry more than one person? Yeah, I don't know how that works. Because once you marry the one person, isn't your name in the computer as being married to that person? <laughs> well, well, well. Based on our system, I mean, the women take the name last name of the man. So in theory, a man could marry multiple women, and they would just all have the same last name. Wouldn't but if they? you, if they want to do that, why don't they just not get married? Who's stopping them from from Who's stopping Be- them from living together? Because if you're married, you have oh all the tax things. The tax things. So I think it's also like, well the thing with marriage <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> well, right. Well, the thing with marriage in the United States is it's it's not only recognized by the state, but it's usually also recognized by a church. Right. Right. So I mm-hmm. think the church institution is probably a reason why. And I mean, the only type of polygamy that I know of in the United States is the Mormons. Uh, and they they practice polygamy, or practiced. I don't know if they still do, um, but you know, and it's it's kind of the same thing where, for them, it's a religious thing, um, and there there actually was a show on television about this family where I think they had two or, this man had two or three wives, and they all it seemed like they all took care of each other and helped each other out and was kind of like a little community. But I. I cannot imagine being married to two or three. I mean, I think it would. No, I don't know how you would be able to balance it. How how it would work? You know, to me, it just doesn't seem feasible. No, it, it, it's it's a difficult situation emotionally mm-hmm. for everyone. <laughs> uh, 
I, but I think the polygamy thing, that must be specifically a religious thing. Because if it's not religious, then it would just be like polyamory. And then the rules would just be decided upon by the people. Right. Uh, and then ideally, I mean, I guess ideally, the woman would have some say in what's happening as well. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And what's interesting is some countries, um, Israel is one of them, New, New Zealand, Australia, um, where the marriages cannot be performed in those countries. But if you're already in a polygamous relationship, they will actually um, recognize it, which I think is in a way kind of cool because it's, you know, I mean, on the one hand, who, who are we to tell them, you know, if they can have one wife or three wives or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I'm with you. But it's interesting nonetheless. I'm with you. Sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know if I could do the uh, polygamy thing either. Well, I know I couldn't. Uh, maybe I could do the polyamorous one. Maybe. But um, I think that's difficult, though. People tend to get jealous. Yeah. Um, trust. Yeah. I think you have to have like a like a full type of trust that not a lot of people have in a lot of relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It takes good communication, which maybe I couldn't do it because I'm not a good communicator. So never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anything else uh, you want to add today about family relationships in different countries, Jared? Uh, well, can I say this? I thought this episode was going to be about elderly people because that's what you said it was going to be about. But then you turned it into being about family oh, relationships. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> and so that's why I kept talking about elderly people. And I'm like, I th- you're good. It's a part of family. Yeah, that's true. Taking care of the elder. Oh, that's what you said. Yep. Taking care of elderly yep, people. And I was thinking of it in terms of a family sense. And yeah, who right. knows? Who knows? That's okay. I still enjoyed all of this. It makes me kind of bum me out. But other than that, it was a good <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we hope so you all. all... Speak- Is that why you. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. <laughs> well, I was going to say, speaking of uh, relationships, is that why you chose the Song of the Pod? Uh, actually, no, not not at oh. all. Well, the Song of the Pod is by um, uh, Rodrigo y Gabriela, and mm-hmm. they used to be in a relationship, but they're no longer anymore. But apparently they're good friends. Oh, they did? Still. I didn't even yeah, realize that. It seemed like it ended amicably. That's what it said on Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. Uh, and they claim that they're all good. But uh, yeah, they dated a while back. Uh that's kind so of difficult. I can't imagine that. Yeah, so it's called Tamakun. Well, yeah, well, no, let's get back to that real quick. Okay. It does have to be. I wanted to bring this in too. That's why I wrote it down. Okay. That does have to be difficult, but it happens all the time, doesn't it? How many rela- How many bands? Uh, the Fleetwood White Stripes, Mac, right? Uh, well, there. We just named two. Uh, right. <laughs> um, are like, where, and I, it almost seems unavoidable. Like, how, how could you not? I mean, you know, I, I, I these... remember. I remember when we were in college. And uh, uh, there was a music group called Euphonics. Yeah, they all hooked up with each other. Yeah, all the time. it was. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, but um, I think there's also just something. Yeah, oh, never mind. I don't. Need, I need to get to other groups that hooked up all the time. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Like, how could you not? So when I when I first saw the picture of them, mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder if these two people like are dating. And then I saw they were, and I was like, Yeah, of course they were. Um, right. We have, uh, speaking of Euphonics, we have two friends that were <laughs> in Euphonics that date, uh, and uh, they live together, and I, I, uh, I, I always wonder, I was like, man, I wonder what it's like to be in a band with your significant other. That seems dangerous. There's a, Actually, th- I think they're married. There's a couple, there's a it. couple, there's a couple of them that are. 
I won't say any names, but there's at least okay. there's at least two couples I know of that are that are married from from that musical group. Um, no, but oh, really? No, but the one I'm thinking of, they're still doing music together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about them, and then yeah, anyways, doesn't doesn't really matter. <laughs> so it's not as uncommon, I guess, as I thought it was. But yeah, um, but yeah. So Tamakun by uh, Rodrigo y Gabriela is a really amazing uh, song. They both play nylon string. Uh, guitars. They were heavily okay, influenced that's what by. That sound is. Yep, they were heavily influenced by metal music, but obviously you can tell that there's kind of a flamenco flair to it as well. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I wanted to ask you what that genre w- was. Yeah, flamenco with the with the the strumming pattern and the 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 like the hits. It's very flamenco, and the the is it, that like that very comp- the Mexican sort of. Uh, I think it's more um, Spanish. Okay, I believe, okay. but I'm sure in parts of Mexico they played as well. They're from Mexico. That's the right. reason I asked. Right, I which is that. a safe, safe guess. And what's cool is if you actually watch the song live, um, if you watch Gabriela is the one who's doing all this cool strummy stuff, right? And if you okay. watch her hand, it's really quite a sight just to watch her play the rhythm guitar parts. It's really amazing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm sure as as a guitar nerd, you stare extra hard at their hands. Oh, I do, I do, always. How, do you are, have you known about these people for a while? I've actually known about them since. Oh, when did they come out? I think I might have been in I might have been a senior in high school. They were okay. actually one of the first instrumental groups I had ever seen on MTV. This was back when. Do they even play music <laughs> on MTV anymore? No, I think it's just trash, trash TV, <laughs> trashy teenagers. But but they, I remember I used to watch it before school every morning, and they came on and it blew my mind away. Um, Interesting MTV. Yeah. I didn't realize they were uh, they 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 got the MTV bump back in yep. the day. Yep. I did notice they they've been around since about two thousand. Right. Um. So uh oh so I, I'm I, what I love about the song of the pod, and I'm sure you could agree, is that I'm constantly um. Like not like it's constantly interesting to me to find out what kind of music you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Oh, for and, sure. And like what what gets you? Because uh, I you know this even though it's guitars you know that's just because you don't like everything that's with a guitar. <laughs> Almost, I think it's a fairly safe <laughs> bet to be honest. <laughs> but I was uh, I, I I always like to uh, find find out what you're interested in. I'm like oh that's interesting. Right. I I never know when you send me something what, what is going to be. What you're about to listen to. Right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a great song. Check out uh, Tamacun mm-hmm. by um, Rodrigo y Gabriela. It's a beautiful Bye, song. Uh, and if you're into guitar, I'm sure you'll love it. Um, and yeah, it's a great song to listen to if you need to liven up your mood a little bit, uh, a little yeah. bit up-tempo, and uh, it's a fantastic song. So mm-hmm. we hope you all enjoy it. Check out our Twitter, Untranslatable1. And it will be up there for you guys when this episode drops. So, Jared, it's come to that time where uh, I need to flex on my check learning a little bit. Yes. And uh, yes. this is a, a word today. Usually I try to have a phrase. But today I figured it would be more fitting to have a word. Uh, and actually, I'm going to give you two words since I wasn't clear enough in my communication with you about the scope of our episode today. So the first <laughs> word is Rodina. Do you have any idea what that word means, Jared? Rodina? Senior citizen? Not quite. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's probably like a couple, wife, husband. Family. 
Rodina. Family. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the other word I have for you is starshi. Starshi. Love. Nope. Oh, <laughs> I was so confident for some reason. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Starshi is elderly. <laughs> oh, I just got him. There you go. Yeah, you just had him flip. Said it at the wrong time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Starshi. But they don't say it like uh, babushka, do they? I mean, I've, what's funny is, once again, I, I, I'm never 100% sure when Czech people tell me something, if it's, if it's safe to say it's a blanket statement or not, if it's a generalization. <laughs> but I, I was told by a, a Czech friend of mine that you can use the word babichka, which means grandma. I'm not okay. babushka, but babichka. That's um, the Czech version of yes, grandma. Yes, to almost any older woman. And it's not offensive. Now, I don't know. So to our listeners out there who go to the Czech Republic, don't just start calling random old ladies uh, Babichka. That may, maybe it'll work well for you. I don't really know. But I, um, yeah. But I mean, David said that it's totally normal in, in Russia. Right. So I, I could imagine that um, that it wouldn't be uncommon in other countries. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. like, like it, it's, it's not just like some people in one, like if it's happening in more than one place, I think you're safer. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think you'd be okay. What do you, you think? Well, you think I'll, just I'll, some punks? I'll, I'll ask around. I'll ask around. <laughs> you think just some out. punks told, some Czech punks told you that just go around you, like, you never knocking know. purses out of Babishka's hands. You never know. <laughs> my, my buddy David, uh, confessed to me that, some of his students try to teach him the wrong things, just kind of to be uh, funny. Mess with them? Yeah, exactly. So you never know. You never nah, know. See, I don't. I could imagine, uh, like me, like I can imagine middle school me and my classmates doing something like that. Right. Oh, for we sure. We did do something one time. I mean, this is when I lived in Germany, where we all switched names and we had a substitute teacher. Oh, nice. But like, this was an international school. Right. <laughs> right. So it was so obvious. My name was Daikojima. <laughs> You look that, that looks just like you, Jared. Oh, that's great. That's really funny. Yeah, I mean, people people like to mess with mess with each other, including uh, including people in your family. You know, I think that's yeah. uh, the beauty of family. Uh, and only mess with the elderly if it's in good fun and uh, will not actually uh, hurt them or or really mess with them too bad. That's for sure. Well, Jared, yeah, only if they're in on it. Exactly. Well, Jared, it's come to that time for us to uh, give a quote to our listeners to end our pod today. And -hmm. I have a quote from an author, um, M. Grundler. And the quote is, the best inheritance a parent can give to his children is a few minutes of their time each day. And hopefully more than a few minutes, but let alone a few minutes. I need to get better at that. I I, I constantly live life guilty at... um not talking to my elders enough and yet i still don't do it there you go new year's a late new year's resolution for you buddy maybe this quote will uh will be the motivation i needed it'll inspire you to spread a little love that's right that's right and if any of our listeners out there want to spread a little love with us you can find us on instagram uh untranslatable podcast uh Slide into our DMs on Twitter, untranslatable1. And also shoot us an email. Give Jared some secret untranslatables. Now I'm going to check the email and you'll have no idea if I know the untranslatables. <laughs> but send them to us at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, hear about your experiences abroad, uh, and any 
exciting untranslatables or words you have. To any of our Czech listeners out there, also please get in contact with me because eventually I am going to run out of Czech untranslatables. I don't know <laughs> what number episode this will be, but I still got, I think, five or six more months here. So we, we, got, we got some time. So we would really appreciate it. <laughs> We thank you all so much for your support. We hope you had a very happy, healthy, and safe new year and hope 2019 is turning out to be a great year for you and you can really enjoy it. So we thank you so much. We look forward to uh, talking to you next time. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Gekuyame. Gekuyame.